welcome uh, to a very different night uh, of re-engage. If this is your first time, this is not at all where we normally meet. Um, this is called Stage 2. It's where our kids meet uh, during the week. So we didn't um, set this up to be some small town in Palestine, complete with rocks and uh, stuff like that, just for you. Uh, that's part of the, the set for uh, the kids' ministry uh, here. And then uh, normally we'll be what's over here in the loft. But because there's a concert going on, uh, we thought it would be pretty loud and uh, quite a bit of racket. Um, and so we kind of moved in here. So thanks for being flexible. Uh, our friends are going to continue to trickle in, and we're... I think people are shuttling in from, um, you know, North Park Mall uh, to find the closest parking you can get tonight. So they'll, uh, they'll just kind of continue to trickle in uh, here. But thanks for, uh, thanks for coming tonight. Okay. So uh, what we're going to do tonight's very, very different. Um, normally in Reengage, we do one or two things. Either somebody kind of opens up their Bible and, and shares something from Scripture that will apply to your marriage and kind of give some practical um, outworkings of that. Or someone will share a story, kind of their story of grace, what God did. Uh, in their marriage. And so we can get hope, so we can learn, so we can be uh, encouraged. And so tonight, um, it's going to feel a lot more like a junior high health class. And I don't know if you had this talk, it's probably junior high, and probably, I remember kind of probably like uh, a freshman, but a lady came in and she brought this thing that was like a lung, it was a mock lung and it was black. Did anybody ever have that? And it was a don't smoke, don't smoke talk, right? And uh, they showed you this black lung and they showed you like autopsies of people who, who are smokers and said, if you smoke, uh, don't be fooled, this will happen to you uh, kind of thing, okay? And, uh, and so it's, it's kind of the idea was like to, to scare, scare you to death. Or also, I remember they, they parked a car, uh, a crashed car outside of our uh, high school and it was don't drive and, and drink. You guys remember that? And you're supposed to see that and go, man, if I drink and drive, that could happen to me. Uh, I won't. I won't do that. I'll be sobered. And so tonight, it's going to kind of be. It's going to feel some of the same way. But we're talking about instead of smoking or instead of uh, driving under the influence, we're going to talk about divorce uh, tonight, and specifically through the eyes and through the lenses of those who have walked through divorce as a kid. And we're there when mom and dad walked in and said, uh, we don't love each other anymore. We're not going to stay married. Um, and so things are about to change. And so we ask uh, three of our leaders to share really uh, their story. And I'll introduce them to you uh, in a second. And so here's kind of what we're going to do tonight. The first, I want you guys to hear from them uh, about their story, what that was like uh, when their mom and dad were divorced, what that was like to grow up as a child of divorce. And I think candidly, we could say some of us are, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an option we are considering. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you uh, the black lung and say, please, please don't do this uh, because of the effects. And then I also want you to hear from them about how some of those things um, impacted them in their own marriage, because many of us grew up in marriages or in, in homes where mom and dad were divorced, and we've never really thought about what kind of impact did that have on us in our own marriage. And I would love, I'd love for them to share some of their own thoughts, okay? So, Sonia, why don't you lead us off uh, first? This is Sonia, uh, this is Alyssa and Bobby, and these guys are um, longtime uh, re-engage uh, leaders. Uh, Matt belongs uh, to Sonia, um, Shane belongs to Alyssa, and Shari belongs uh, to Bobby. And spectacular couples have really been a bedrock um, of, of this ministry. Um, but Sonia, do you mind kind of starting us off and sharing just some of your story, what that was like to be a kiddo uh, growing up in a divor- divorce home? Yeah. Yes, thanks. 
So I was two when my parents divorced, so I don't have a lot of early memories. Uh, don't remember them sitting me down. But, um, I, and both my parents remarried rather quickly, and so I had stepdad and stepmom on both sides. Um, you know, I think we've done this before, and they've asked us, like, come up with three adjectives that kind of describe you as you feel like that you kind of directly were tied to your parents divorcing. And the ones that I chose were um, just anxious, um, insecure, and lonely. And um, so I just have a lot of memories. My dad was, my parents were very young. They were 21 when they divorced. And so my dad was young. He was, um, they were both selfish. Um, but dad wasn't around a lot. And so on, I just, on the few weekends that my dad was scheduled to have me, I just remember going to the nurse, just the anxiety that was going on in my tummy. Um, I thought I was sick. I was always sure I was sick. And so I'd go to the nurse, and my mom would come and get me. She would call my dad and say, she can't come this weekend. She's sick. And by Friday night, I was fine. It, looking back, I didn't know it, and she, mom didn't either. But it was, it was just my anxious um, my heart it being expressed through my, through my tummy. And... Um, I guess just thinking through just one memory I would love to share. Um, Our leaders have heard it before, but I just had a lot of um, times when my dad didn't didn't show up. And so just as a kid, remembering just standing at the window in my mom's house, waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting for him. And, you know, there were no cell phones back then. And when the call would come, either it was six hours later or sometimes it was days, and sometimes he just never showed. And so, as a kid, I think that just produced in me, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really count on my dad. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm learning now that uh, I've probably transferred some of those things to God, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that even, uh, you shared a story with me recently about your dad and about waiting uh, for him. You, do you mind sharing that as well? Do you want to, or do you want to? Yeah. Okay, no. good. So a year ago, my dad and stepmom were scheduled to come visit us about this time of year, and they live 12 hours away, so they drove six hours, and you know, you know what it's like when you have somebody coming, you, you get the house ready, I bought all the groceries, everything was planned, the kids were playing sports, we were excited for them to come, and my dad's tummy was having some trouble, and so they drove, and then they turned around and decided to drive back. And I sat in my living room, and I looked out the window, and I just cried and felt like that. It was just a trigger moment for me, and I felt like I was that kid again, and once again had been disappointed by my dad. Yeah. And um, so this idea that we'll get divorced, and it won't, like, have an impact beyond, you know, just this, it'll probably be a, a tough year. Uh, and then after that, it'll somehow be okay. The kids will be okay. <laughs> what you're going to hear is the kids, uh, this is really, really rough um, on them, right? And so uh, human beings are uniquely vulnerable for a very long time. Like no other babies, children are that vulnerable, that needy, right? You kind of, out in the wild, you know, a giraffe pops up, it's wobbly for a minute, and then it takes off, it's good, right? You know, and, uh, and we're just really, really needy for a long time. And God... In that, his design was that mom and dad would care for and uh, nurture this child, and it would it would learn to trust and learn to love, and it would learn um, to be uh, to to rest, right? And and mom and dad 
um, and people that were over them. And instead, for Sonia, that got scrambled. And uh, it had an impact on her relationship with, uh, with God, probably with her husband. And, and uh, it didn't just end there. And little things uh, will throw her back uh, right there. So one of the things is, uh, if you kind of have thought this, this might be an escape mechanism, uh, it really impacts your kids. Uh, and not just that first year of settling in. Uh, oftentimes it has deep, deep impacts for a long, long time. So, uh, Bob, you want to share some thoughts, buddy? Let me get up my notes here or else I'll wind up talking about my favorite brisket recipe or something. Um, <laughs> Bobby did uh, stand-up comedy for a while. So our expectations are really high, man. Yeah. Say, well, say something funny. I had a really tight routine, but that was before I, I found Probably Christ none of it, none of it can be shared here. That's good. All right. None so why don't you read what's on your, uh, yeah. <laughs> your iPad there instead? So, the best one I've got is, you know, Peter's faith is much stronger in the winter. Yeah, there you go. Because yeah, the it. lake is frozen. Gotcha. Okay, good. So some of the, some of the adjectives that I would use would be uh, fragile, aimless, improvised, confusing. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was 18 months old because my father was gay. Uh, this was really confusing to me until I found out about it uh, about the time I hit puberty. Suddenly, a whole lot of other things made sense. The rest of the family was deathly afraid that I would turn out gay too, so even at an early age, I was encouraged to notice women, look at cheerleaders, and so on. This was like throwing gasoline on a fire. I was already attracted to women, and I started a lifelong addiction to pornography starting with Playboy at the age of eight with uh, the encouragement of a relative thinking she was helping me. Without uh, masculine godly men to teach me, I grew up with this distorted picture of men, women, and who God really was. I grew up with a series of stepfathers until I was 12 and my mom's fourth husband uh, stuck. Uh, They were married for 20-plus years, and he was the first stable father figure I had. But the damage had already been done, and I was already on a course uh, for hedonism and debauchery. I've heard it said, and I think it's true, that our view of our father is really the first image of what God is like. In my case, it was not present, too busy with more important things than me, and selfish. I was like my father in that uh, I let sex define and drive my life until God stepped in and broke me, not so gently, and let me see the truth. Ironically, he did it through my wife and kids. Thanks, buddy. So I think about you... um trying to navigate, you know, puberty um, and how, how hard that is, you know, for, for my kids uh, now. So Bobby uh, didn't have a dad, but he had Playboy. And um, my kids, because they've got smartphones and because they've got internet access and friends who have internet access, um, the world that's open to them now uh, is so incredibly dark and without somebody to kind of step in and guide them, uh, as bad as I think unfiltered Playboy access is, um, there are things that our kids could be exposed to and questions they would have without a dad to be uh, involved there um, that would be really, really tragic. And, um, you know, my kids are going to be accountable in a way that, that you weren't, um, but that's something that their dad asks them about, you know, and it's something that we... Um, I've got a 16-year-old son and a 12-year-old son, 14-year-old daughter, 10-year-old daughter, uh, and that's something we talk about. And there's things that are allowed on the iPhone and things that aren't uh, because I'm involved, and we look at who we're following on Instagram and have to unfollow uh, some of them. We've had to unlike some things that we, uh, that we have liked. Um, and when they dated, 
All right, um, that was a conversation with mom and dad, and that was also a conversation with community. And so our son, he's got you know, this little girl he's interested in too, so he talked with us, and then also I grabbed the community group guys, and I said, hey, why don't you just tell them what you're thinking and tell these guys what your plan is and get some wisdom. Well, that, that doesn't happen um, when, you know, Bobby grows up uh, in a single-parent household with, with mom who does the best she can with some well, probably some well-intentioned extended uh, family, and you get some carnage in Bobby's life that he had to unwind for a really long time. And, uh, and that is one of the things that happens um, when, uh, when kids grow up in a, in a single parent family. One of the things that can happen, uh, is the propensity of that is much, much higher. So thanks, buddy. Lisa, do you have some thoughts? Okay, 31 years ago, my dad sat all of us down to tell us he was leaving. I was 12 years old, and my whole world changed that day. We had been a close family who did everything together, but all of that became a broken mess, and the life I knew was gone. My parents' divorce affected my six siblings and me in very significant ways, and the ripple effects of my dad's decision are still present today in our lives and in the lives of our children. Even though my dad stayed very involved in our lives, I lost my protector and provider, and I soon learned how to navigate daily life without him. I became very self-reliant and independent, and I was determined to always take care of myself and never rely on anyone to provide for me. Because of the financial insecurity that the divorce created, I started working at age 13 and took on a caretaker role in my family. It was also at this time that I started turning to food for comfort, something I can still struggle with today. I felt a lot of anger toward my dad, and though I loved him deeply, I was an adult before I was able to forgive him for what he had done. The divorce has also affected me as a wife. My independent mindset caused me to look out for myself first, and because I was the caretaker in my family of origin, I prioritized their needs over my husband Shane's needs. It was hard for me to connect emotionally with Shane in the early years of our marriage, and even now I have a really hard time being vulnerable. I can now recognize how detached I become during moments of conflict and strong emotion, and I have to make myself lean in and engage. In my darkest moments, I feel like I will never be able to love him the way I should because of how damaged I feel from the divorce. It's only by God's grace that we ourselves are not divorced, even though we came close. Today, our marriage is strong and sure thanks to God's redemptive work in our lives. The divorce has even affected me as a mom. Shane and I are raising our kids to follow God's ways, and we teach them that marriage is a lifelong commitment. So it's a difficult conversation to have with them when they ask why gramps and grandma aren't married to each other anymore. And it's a hard thing to explain to a four-year-old, especially because we don't want our kids to think that one day daddy and mommy will change their minds the way their gramps did. So these are conversations that I wish I didn't have to have. For those of you who are contemplating divorce and are believing the lie that kids are resilient and they will be okay, I would like to close with this. My siblings and I were all, um, were all called to a family meeting by my dad, and we were all curious as to what the meeting would be about. And so every single one of us jokingly said, well, maybe mom and dad are getting back together. And um, this was ridiculous because they were both married to other people at this time. But I think that it shows that even as adults, the desire of our hearts was for our family to be whole again. My dad actually called the meeting to ask for our forgiveness, but in spite of the regret that he now feels, it's too late to undo what was done. 
Even though I have forgiven my dad, the wreckage of his decision to divorce my mom is still a painful part of my life, and the sadness never completely goes away. Wow. Um, So, Alyssa, when most little girls are, you know, watching little teeny bop movies, uh, she's working uh, because she had to grow up really, really fast. And um, grandparents' day is complicated uh, now. And so um, all things that her dad wishes weren't the case, um, but, but are. And, uh, and then, Alyssa, I appreciate it, the way you just kind of transitioned into um, this, is the way it's, this is the impact it's had on me uh, in, in my marriage. And so if you heard Alyssa say um, that this independence um, streak it just kind of showed up in her marriage. And I, and I can remember <laughs> years ago uh, when she and Shane came uh, to Watermark, you know, and she was, a, you know, a very, very self-reliant uh, woman who didn't need her husband and um, was kind of, you know, would be just fine uh, without him. It turns out that doesn't play real well <laughs> in marriage when you're trying to become one and trying to become uh, emotionally uh, uh, one and intimate and things like that. And so that was, that was part of her story. And so Alyssa, I know she kept talking. She'd say, I'm fully responsible for anything that I've done. But there was a setup that, that uh, was because of uh, her family of origin and watching mom and dad kind of growing up in that. So do you guys any, anything, and you can jump in as well, but anything else just about um, being a product of divorce, how that's impacted your own marriage? Because I think some of us, um, by God's grace, we're still sitting next to our first spouse, um, and we may or may not be thinking about divorce, but that's part of our story. And, uh, and I think it is worth spending just a couple minutes thinking about. So do you have, do you have any thoughts about how that's impacted your marriage? Yeah. Two, two primarily. One, I think, is much bigger than the other for me. My heart did the opposite of you. Um, I think I'm needier. I think I'm way Good. Good. too needy, um, just generally. And Matt and I have been married for 23 years, so we've had quite, you know, quite a journey. Um, maybe I would have had that had it not. But I know in the early years, I looked to him to fill every empty place inside of me. And so when we were good, life was good. If we weren't good, it, it was devastating. And so just the, the idolatry that came from me on that. So that's, that's the big one. Um, and so, uh, that, those were the two, the needy and then the just, just looking to him. But, you know, even now, like, I apologize to Matt pretty frequently just that I'm sorry that he has to be married to such a broken person because, you know, it wasn't something I chose, but it's what's true. And I, and I recognize at times that he really, what he has to deal with in me, my neediness, my, maybe I'm asking him to talk too much, you know, just to, to fill that void um, is partly a result of, of my parents' decision. Yeah, it's really, I actually didn't know. I thought you were going to say exactly the opposite, but I had queued up to talk about those two uh, extremes tonight, that which is completely independent and that which is, I uh, use the word needy, I might use a mesh or sometimes codependent, uh, I think is where I've seen those two go. So thank you. I, yeah, that absolutely. Uh, is, if, if I was going to pick the top two um, kind of results, uh, those will be the two as they impact, as they think about kind of the carryover into our own marriage. So yeah, I'm just good. Bob, do you have any, you have any thoughts, buddy? Well, yeah, I mean, part of that is, part of that is, is the same thing for me, but it played out a little differently in that I just decided I didn't need, need anybody. Yeah. So 
I, I was playing, you know, life is a team sport, and I was trying to play it solo for a, a long, long time. And that means that you get isolated. That means that you can convince yourself of anything. That means all kinds of things get broken with that. And that's one of the things that came into my marriage was I felt like I didn't need, I didn't need anything. I didn't, I didn't have to. I had no needs, no requirements, nothing. And that never let my wife engage with me. She never, she never really got to, to see what I was really like. It never really drew her in and never really created that oneness. It was just like two of us. Uh, being more like roommates, you know, we were able to accomplish great things together, but we also, we never really thought of us as a team. It was just two people doing yep. things together. Yeah. And I think that's, that comes from not having uh, a husband and wife being modeled in the home so that I understood what it was or saw what it was like to be a, a I mean, I'm still learning what it's like to be a good husband and a good man. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I've heard you talk about Bob, just this sense of loss before, about, I don't know how to do this. You know, I was supposed to just have a script that I could play, a movie that I should have been able to watch mom and dad do this, and then I get to carry it on, and I don't. Um, but you do get to uh, live that out in front of your boys. It'll be real, it's going to be really fun uh, when you're a grandfather, you know, coming out on some future Christmas morning watching those guys love and lead their family, giving them a gift that, they didn't, that you didn't have. I think it'll be really, really fun, man. So, um, Melissa, any, anything else? Sometimes I've heard you talk about just kind of like a meshment. Um, extended, you, have, yeah, you can talk about whatever you want, but yeah. Yeah, I think the big, one of the biggest challenges in our marriage now looking back um, that I can see is that I felt such a strong loyalty to my mom and my sisters um, that it was really hard for me to leave them and cleave to Shane. And I think that caused the biggest problem in our marriage is that um, I just continued to just have that loyalty to them and was not able to separate from them for a long time. Yeah. And so it's pretty, that's a pretty common um, result. And so there's a saying that uh, stress uh, thickens blood. And so, um, you know, that... Um, that the, the ties that are blood ties, when there is stress, everybody just kind of cloisters up together. I mean, there's trauma. We're going to be there for each other. We're going to stick this thing out, which is great. It's a great co- coping mechanism. Um, but then when people go on and try to move out of the house and things like that, they can become, they've, they've not really left. They've not uh, really cleaved to the other person because they've, they've moved through so much trauma um, as a child that they, they feel much more connected to their family of origin. And that's a pretty common uh, scenario that some of you guys might, uh, might have um, just kind of experienced and not really thought through, or you've got somebody in your group, or you've got an extended family member that you know that's probably the case, and that, that's pretty common as well. So, awesome. Anything else? I think that's way more than great. Okay, thank you so much. If you would, give these guys a hand. All right. Um, well, let me just close us, and, uh, you know, uh, that, that is helpful. I'd rather just tell you jokes and give you three tips for a, a happy, healthy marriage. Um, that's a little more fun, uh, fun to do, um, but I think it's pretty helpful. And so some of us are at an inflection point, and we're wondering, should we stick this out or should we not? And would it really impact the kids? The answer is yes. It will have a huge impact on the kids. You heard three, uh, three stories. Um, and, I mean, all the research uh, would say, oh, let's just take the men, for example. Um, the dads who are divorced, they, they, are, they have just as much desire and aggregate to be involved in their kids' lives, just as much. Like they, don't, they don't generally don't divorce 
their mom because they hate the kids. In fact, oftentimes just, just the opposite is going on. But because he has other commitments, because he has other things going on, he doesn't spend, he doesn't invest in his kids, and his kids really get shorted uh, in the deal. And divorce has an impact on kids, okay? Uh, It has an impact on you. And some of us are thinking, well, we don't have kids, so it'd be a whole lot cleaner. Well, reality is it would be. Um, But the lie is that if I just got divorced, then, um, then I'd really be happy. And the research would say just the opposite, actually. Um, and so if you're in a you know, crazy abusive situation, uh, there'll be some relief there. That would, that would probably be a good thing. I think there's some steps before divorce that we should talk about. Um, but outside of that, uh, couples are no happier and oftentimes less so once they get divorced. But it feels like when you wake up and there's carnage and there's, there's stress and things like that, if, you, if I could just get away from this, then I'd be happy. And that's not... Uh, generally, uh, the case, and you need you need to know that no matter kind of where you are. Okay, and some of you have have uh, have grown up in a divorced home, and it's had an impact on you in ways probably you didn't realize. I mean, the three you heard, uh, one was this independence, and I know a lot of very independent people um, who grew up in divorced homes. And if you were if your parents got divorced when you were about a teenager, I will I will. Bet if I just had five bucks in my pocket, I'd bet it all that you've got a story that's something like this. That somewhere in there, you're in your room, you're listening to some music, and you make a conscious decision. You drive a stake in the ground and say, I will never, ever be hurt like this again. I will never allow myself to be put in a place uh, where I'm this vulnerable and I will be this hurt. And so now I'm going to move into self-protection and independence and just get on through life with as little pain as possible. And that's a pretty good coping strategy during that first couple years there. But it doesn't play well in marriage. And a pathway to intimacy is vulnerability. By necessity to be close to somebody, you've got to put yourself in a position where you could potentially be hurt. And so if you grew up in a divorced home, I just want you to say the deck is stacked a little against you, but I think if you're aware of it, you can move through. The other other side of that is what Sonia was talking about is you can get really, like, needy. Um, We should kind of need our spouse, want our spouse. But if Pam was mean to me or unkind to me, it shouldn't destroy my whole world. I should be able to get out of bed uh, in the morning because I've got God. And for some of us, we just ride this wave of if, if they're good and I'm good and we're good, then I'm good. And if they're not, oh no. And so to, to make things good, I will play, um, I will manipulate or uh, I will just let things happen. I will like be, you know, this codependent uh, thing rather than make waves if they're, they've got an alcoholism problem or uh, pornography or they're unkind or they're lazy or whatever. I'm not going to rock the boat because I don't want this to impact our marriage because I just want to be happy and I want this thing to work. And you can be set up on either one of those. Okay. And then Alyssa also told you that um, it was just hard for her to leave and cleave. She was so close to her family. They, they went, uh, you know, they locked arms and got through this thing together. And it was a process for her to say, you know what? Shane is number one. He's a priority. I can still honor my mother. I can still honor my father, but he's going to be number one. And that's just going to be something that you're going to have to be uh, cognizant of, okay? And then I would just say, 
you know, as some of us move through and we decide um, we're going to do what we're going to do and we're going to be selfish, and you name the name of God, you name the name of Christ, I think um, God's glory takes a hit uh, on this earth. Because I really do think the best expression of the gospel, of God's love for the world, is the way that a husband and wife love each other. And for Pam and I to be married 20 plus years, there's a whole lot of forgiving that's had to happen. Right? Probably a whole lot more her than me. Um, but we've locked in and we said we're not, no, divorce is not an option. She's thought about killing me uh, before, uh, but divorce is squarely off the table because, because God has covenanted, covenanted, covenanted with us. He said, John, I choose you regardless of what you do. I've died for you. I've paid for your sins. I, you are my son, period, end of story. And so we claim that, right, so that we have a relationship with God so we don't go to hell. But we treat our spouse differently. As long as it's convenient, as long as you make me happy, as long as you have good sex, as long as you make good money, as long as. And God loves us in spite of. And so when Christians say, I'm out, it mars his image and it mars, uh, I think, his glory on, on this earth. And conversely, when Christians stick it out, when you talk to your neighbors and they go, man, you must have it easy, and you go, then you have no idea how, how hard we work at this thing. But we're Christians. God is committed to us and we're committed to each other. And we'll figure this out or die trying. Right? then God's name is made greater in your neighborhood, in this world, and, and in the lives of your kids. Okay? This is not a game. This is not a lifestyle choice. Uh, the stakes are really, really high. And uh, we just wanted you guys to just see that, think about that. And for many of us, after this, um, God wants to use you to prevent these stories. Right? Because you know people that were these people's parents years ago, and you've got a shot to step in and push other couples towards oneness and not let this stuff happen on your watch. And I think that's going to be really fun for you. I think God has got huge plans uh, in the lives of each of you. It's going to be really fun to see. Okay? Good. So some of you guys, looks like you just found parking places from uh, miles, miles away. Well, we've got a water, we've got an aid station out there for you guys. So thanks, uh, thanks for coming. Okay? Thanks for, uh, for sticking it out uh, with us tonight. In a second, we're going to break and go some different places. Um, those of you guys that this is your very first time here, uh, we're going to ask that you come right here. And this will be our newcomers group. We'll introduce you to Rollins, Susan Cox. You guys are going to love them. They sat in these same seats. They'll share their story. They'll tell you about Reengage. Uh, this will be where you come uh, here in a second. Some of you guys that have been here before but aren't in a closed group, you're going to go to open group, which will be out this set of doors and just to the left. There'll be three rooms over there, 210, 11, and 12. Just jump in one of them. If you've been here a while, if you've been in open group multiple times, you guys lead out, okay? You go first. Give, what, what are your thoughts? What are your reactions to that? Okay? You, you go first. You set the tone um, in there. And then those of you guys that are in a closed group, you should know uh, where to go. And we do not have a celebration uh, tonight. But we did last week. There was eight groups that finished. Some unbelievable stories. And uh, all of them, every single one of them said, I can't believe how fast it went. <laughs> you believe that? You don't believe that right now. But you'll say that. You will say that. God, I can't believe how fast it went. Um, so take full advantage now, okay, of the time 
uh, the time you have. Is that all of it? Okay, so we've got one more re-engage um, this year, and then that's it. Okay, so take advantage of this one. Take advantage of this coming week and have a great holiday. Don't let it slip by. Uh, prioritize Christ uh, all the way through it. Okay, you guys have a great night pursuing oneness. We'll see you.